Well, today's going to be good. I'm excited about it. I've got something in my heart that I feel like God wants me to share with you guys. Um, Do you remember a few years ago, there was a guy named Nick Walenda, and he did something kind of cool. He did this. (laughs) He became the first person to cross directly over Niagara Falls. Now, this was something uh, he says has been a dream of his since childhood. Uh, this is a pretty, pretty intense sort of thing here. It's about 1,800 feet across. It's 200 feet in the air. That wire there is about two inches across. There's all kinds of wind, all kinds of mist happening. Uh, how many of you know this, this definitely took a little bit of preparation? I mean, years of preparation and focus and courage went into this little moment here. Lots and lots of pressure as well. I think there were around uh, 100,000 people or so watching it live there at Niagara Falls. There was millions of people watching it on TV. Maybe you caught it a few years ago when that was happening. Uh, there was lots of things that, that could have messed with his mind. He comes from a uh, sort of stunt, daredevil kind of family. It's like in his uh, genes and generations of that, which if you think you have an interesting family, um, yeah, your grandma is doing stunts with you when you're growing up. That's... that's that's different. So he, and, and in, in his family over the years, five people have died doing stunts. Five people have actually died trying to do stuff like this over Niagara. So he's doing it. He is pushing through. He's stepping out, breaking through his own fears to make this happen. I'm always fascinated by these kinds of stories, aren't you? I'm, I'm always interested to understand, like, what, what is your motivation to do that? Why would you do that? It's always really fascinating to me. Uh, but why, why am I telling you this story? Well, I'm telling you this story because I'm never going to do that. <laughs> Ever. Ever. And you're not either, right? Uh, not, not only do I not have any real interest in anything associated with that, but uh, it's kind of terrifying if you think about it, right? You, you, always, um, you always think that you're tougher than you are. Maybe sometimes you get in that moment, uh, and, and I always think that I'm like, ah, heights, heights is not that, that big of a deal, right? And then, and then I clean my gutters, and I'm like, okay, this is a thing. Me, me no likey being on this ladder way up high on my gutters. And so, um, but the real reason I want to tell you uh, about this story and the, re- and the reason I went through that is because we're at the beginning of a brand new year. And there's nothing magical about it, but there is something, isn't there? There's something about the start of a new year that causes us to think a little differently. And, and this is what I'm convinced of. I am convinced that there is something big, something big in your heart, in your spirit, that you want different in 2018. Yeah? I think there is something new that you're after, that God wants you to be after. Something maybe you've known about for a long time, haven't had a chance to really do something about. Some area in your life where God wants you to step out. And maybe... 
And maybe, just maybe, when you think about that thing, that big thing that you haven't done, that hasn't happened yet, it, it can feel like you are stepping out onto a, a two-inch tightrope over Niagara. And it feels huge. It feels scary. Maybe it has something to do with your marriage. Maybe it has something to do with your family, a relative, your kids. Maybe it has something to do with the friends, the people in your world. Your job, maybe? Career move? A new business you want to launch? Maybe it has something to do with just the habits going on in your life that you know you want to make a big move. Let me ask, let me ask a scary question. I'm not the regular guy, so I get to ask scary questions, and then you don't have to see me next week. So let me ask this scary question. When, when was the last time that God asked you to do something big that you knew was right, but it terrified you? When was the last time God asked you to do something big Step out in something new that you knew was right, but it made you really nervous. Well, my answer is pretty easy. I'm doing it right now. <laughs> people, people always ask, people always ask me, you know, oh my God, hey, were you nervous up there? I'm like, yes, always. Always. Public speaking, when you look at those lists of, of fears for people, public speaking is always right near the top, isn't it? It's like all, usually above death, you know? We're terrified of public speaking, and, and it's true. Uh, you, you should be up here looking at your faces. Sometimes It's scary. It's scary. Not all of you. Some of you smile at me, and I love you. But th this is the real question that I want to ask today. And Mark Batterson, if you know him, he's an author, he's a pastor. He actually says it better than I do, so let's just quote him. huh? This is the question. What if the life you really want, the future that God wants for you, is hiding right now in your biggest problem, your worst failure, your greatest fear? Oh, that's good. I remember reading that in a book a long time ago. Uh, and it just stuck with me. What if the life you really want, the future God wants for you, is hiding? It's hiding in your biggest problem, the thing that you're the most afraid of, your, the, your worst failure. What if it's in there somewhere? I'm convinced that God wants something new for you in 2018. He wants something different, something fresh for you in 2018. He has areas in his heart where he wants you to step out of your comfort zone. He wants you to step out of old habits and old thinking. He wants you to step out of a fear of failure. The title of my message today is Step Out of the Boat. Step out of the boat. Somebody say, step out. <laughs> step out of the boat. This is a quote from Emerson. I really like a lot of wisdom in this. He says, he who is not every day conquering some fear has not learned the secret of life. That's true, isn't it? Every day 
We've got to push through something. And, and fear of failing is a pretty common one, right? I know it's held me back from things. I'm scared. I'm nervous. I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know what people are going to think. It's held me back from doing things that I know I should do. Here's kind of a cool story of, of, a, of a significant failure of an individual, actually. This person, uh, they were actually unwanted at birth. They had tons of problems all through school. Uh, they actually tried to go to college, couldn't even cut it uh, for longer than six months. They dropped out, ended up being jobless and homeless for two years, got into drugs and drinking and that whole scene. He ended up starting a, a company, which was okay, and then he got kicked out of that company. Uh, over the years, he introduced dozens and dozens of terrible, failed, awful products and business ideas. He cost companies tens, if not hundreds, of millions of dollars. What a loser. That was Steve Jobs. Is that what you think of when you hear Steve Jobs? He's one of the most successful businessmen of all time, and his lore keeps getting bigger and bigger um, over the years as Apple continues to be successful in, in his legacy. But he's not the only one with failure as a trademark in his resume, is he? This is, this is true for all of the people that we admire in history, isn't it? Thomas Edison, Lincoln, Walt Disney, Henry Ford, the Wright brothers. I mean, that list is a mile long. These people that achieved what we see as greatness didn't do it because they were geniuses on the first try. <laughs> they failed more than the rest, is what they would say. So why do we let this fear of failure stop us? Why do, we, why do we let it teach us to hold back? We don't let this happen when we're taking a picture with our cell phones. Right? And I would bet if I walked down into the crowd here and looked at your cell phone pictures, there would be quite a few failures. <laughs> in your said photos, right? But it doesn't stop us. We don't give up. We don't say, oh, I guess I should stop taking pictures because that one was bad. No, you just keep taking them, right? That's what we do. That sounds ridiculous, but that is the mentality of greatness. We should have the same level of fear about trying new things as we do taking a bad picture with our phone. Think about what you would do in your life if you treated every failure like a bad photo. Oh well, do it, and I, do it again. Oh well, try it again. See, being fearless is a quality that we greatly admire in culture, in society, right? That's why there is a phrase that is specific when we talk about leaders. We say, what, our fearless leader. There isn't a phrase known as our loving leader, our prompt leader, our respectful leader. All those are great things, but what's the phrase? It's our fearless leader. 
Now you'd think that over time, as we became more intelligent, we get more intelligent over time, don't we? Some of us, some of you are like, is that a trick question? I don't know. Maybe over time we get more experience, we get more information, we get more understanding, and that should help us become uh, more, more brave, more, um, uh, you know, more excited to try new things, less fearful. But I'm not sure that's the case. I actually think more information and all of this has created a society and a culture where we might be more fearful than ever. You get information all the time about new things to be afraid of. Uh, Teresa always makes a joke about how she doesn't want to to see different things um, because she already has plenty to be scared of. And she doesn't want anything new to jump in there. And so uh, I looked up a, a few different phobias, and these, these are some really interesting ones that I didn't know existed. Maybe you knew they existed, um, but let's take a look at a few of these phobias. I could do this literally all day because there's so many interesting ones out there. But uh, this first one is, uh, I'm going to butcher these pronunciations, by the way, so forgive me, uh, lachinophobia, lachinophobia. The fear of vegetables. I feel like that's just called being a kid. <laughs> but, or an adult, I don't know. All right, next one is this, uh, consecutelophobia, fear of chopsticks. <laughs> I don't know if that's like the actual fear of using them, or if somebody comes at you with them, you, I don't know. I didn't do that much research. The next one is this, electorophobia, fear of chickens. Well, they're scary, so that makes perfect sense. And then this one, arachibuterophobia, the fear of peanut butter sticking to the roof of your mouth. Think that's anything to be afraid of. That's just like 10 minutes of fun right there, where you're just like. <laughs> so those, those are kind of ridiculous. I don't mean to make light of legit conditions, but I feel like that's getting kind of silly. I think there are some legit things, right, that we uh, learn to be afraid of, that you should be weary of, like a hot stove, right? Hot stoves are dangerous. We've been teaching our son, Noble, stay away from the stove. He's been doing such a good job. He yells at us anytime we go to the stove now. No, no, mommy, hot, hot. No, no. Got it. Spiders. Spiders, yeah. Yeah, see, that's just a picture on the screen, and your skin is crawling right now. You know it's not real, but you want me to take that picture down, don't you? Snakes. Snakes are scary. Yeah. No, thank you. Clowns? Yeah. Clowns definitely scary. And of course, Nicolas Cage. Yeah. I feel like that one's pretty obvious. Studies show that we are born, we're born with two fears. We're born with a fear of falling, and we're born with a fear of loud noises. That's it. 
That's it. We're not afraid of anything else. Nothing else is programmed in us from birth. So what does that mean? All these things that we're afraid of, we've learned them. Someone has taught us to be afraid of this, to be afraid of that. It reminds me of the Garden of Eden uh, when we first take a look at uh, fear in the Bible. Let's take a look at this. In Genesis 3, 8 through 11, it says, When the cool evening breezes were blowing, the man and his wife heard the Lord God walking about in the garden. So they hid from the Lord God among the trees. Then the Lord God called to the man, where are you? Now, now realize God isn't asking because God doesn't know. He's asking, Adam, do you know where you are? He replied, I heard you walking in the garden, so I hid. I was afraid because I was naked. And then God says, who told you that you were naked? The Lord God asked. I think it's interesting that Adam and Eve's first reaction to, to, to sin is fear. They immediately go to fear. They hid, didn't they? And this is the first question God asks. He could ask or say anything. His first question is essentially, who taught you that? Where did you learn that? He's actually, again, this is not because... God doesn't know. He's actually saying, Adam, do you understand where that thinking came from? And I think God asks us those same kinds of questions sometimes, doesn't he? He says, who told you that you couldn't do it? Who told you that their opinions matter more than mine? Who told you that you can't trust anyone again? Who told you that? Who taught you that? Who told you that that's impossible? I'm talking a lot about fear today because the life that God wants for you, the life that God wants for all of us is a life of courage. It doesn't mean that you are able to eliminate fear from your life. What it means is that we press through despite our fears. The Bible talks about two kinds of fear. Uh, the Bible talks about appropriate fear and inappropriate fear. Appropriate fear is the kind of fear that involves respect. It's an honor type of fear. It's reverence. There's a sense of awe. Uh, let's look at a couple of verses, actually. Uh, talk about this and show kind of what I'm talking about here with the fear of God. Proverbs 14, 26, and 27. Those who fear the Lord are secure. He will be a refuge for their children. Fear of the Lord is a life-giving fountain. It offers escape from the snares of death. Acts 9.31, the church then had peace throughout Judea, Galilee, Samaria, became stronger as the believers lived in fear of the Lord. 1 Peter 2.17, respect everyone, love your Christian brothers and sisters, fear God, and respect the king. Inappropriate fear involves uh, dread, anxiety, apprehension, um, distrust, those kind of things. The Bible also tells us how to deal with those. Isaiah 41.10, 
Don't be afraid, for I am with you. Don't be discouraged, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I'll hold you up with my victorious right hand. Matthew 6, 34, don't worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow will bring its own worries. Today's trouble is enough for today. Inappropriate fear is dangerous, isn't it? It's very dangerous. It makes us hide from God, just like Adam did. Inappropriate fear keeps us focused on ourselves. Inappropriate fear keeps us from moving, from stepping out, which is exactly what the enemy wants us to do, right? A lot of times we picture uh, how we're going to confront the devil and how he's going to show up and, and say, worship me instead of God. That's not how the devil operates in our lives. It'd be nice if that was the case, where it's obvious and we could just be like, no, Satan. <laughs> but that's not how he works. If the, if the enemy can just keep you from moving, if the enemy can just keep you nervous and fearful enough to where you're afraid to step out into the things that God has called you to do, then he's done his job, hasn't he? See, God wants, uh, he does not want us to be bound up in fear. He actually, he wants us to step out and live this life of freedom in Christ. Amen? So, so this, is, this is a good little quote here. Write, write this down if you're a note taker. Don't underestimate your freedom in Christ. It's not just freedom from sin. It's the freedom to do the extraordinary. That's so good because, yes, it is freedom from sin, and that is beautiful, and that is a free gift, but it is beyond that. It is the freedom to do everything that God has called us to do. Amen? You doing good this morning? Awesome. Hey, let's talk about a couple of things on how we can step out of the boat. Stepping out demands a healthy diet. You know, one of the things when you look at any kind of top professional athlete, they have this in common. They really, really, really care about what goes into their body, don't they? Anybody in your world that you would describe as a really healthy person, they, they do the same thing. They are sometimes to an obsessive level, uh, they care so deeply about what is happening, what is going into my body. And health is something that doesn't just happen by accident. Does it? This isn't something you just drift into and it just happens. Oh, wow, magically I'm healthy. No, that isn't the way it works. It is purposeful. It is work. So it really matters what you feed yourself, what you feed your spirit, what you feed your heart, your mind, your soul. Those things really, really matter. So my question is, what are you feeding yourself on a regular basis? What am I feeding myself on a regular basis? Does it rhyme with CNN? Fox News? Fair and balanced breakfast? Social media? Facebook? Are you getting your perspective on how people are by what you see on Facebook? People are really scary <laughs> if that is your perspective. You know, these things, 
I'm, I'm, I'm pointing at them, but they're not evil in and of themselves, right? But they're junk food. Cheeseburgers aren't evil. They're delicious, in fact. But you don't eat three cheeseburgers a day and go, I'm trying to be healthy. But I think sometimes that's our tendency, is we feed ourselves these things, these perspectives, these other sources that are not from God, and then we get to a spot where we go, I'm so unhealthy, God help me. And God goes, I will, but you've been eating three cheeseburgers a day. (laughs) If you want higher thoughts, listen to me here, if you want a higher life in 2018, you need to have higher ways. You need to have higher thinking. You need to tap into something bigger and better than just yourself. Let's look at Joshua 1.8. It says this, Joshua 1.8. Study this book of instruction continually. Meditate, it, meditate on it day and night, so you'll be sure to obey everything written in it. Only then will you prosper and succeed in all you do. Ephesians 6.17, put on salvation as your helmet. Take the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. So get serious. Let's get serious in 2018 about a healthy diet. This is God's word. This is worship. This is prayer. This is good people, godly people in your life. Doesn't mean you shut out everybody else or shut out everything else or become somebody weird or, you know, the Bible is the only book I read. No, 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 no. This means we're shifting our focus shifting our habits on purpose to eat good things. Because you do get hungry for the things you've been eating. You do get thirsty for the things you've been drinking. You drink water, you're thirsty for water. You drink eggnog, you drink more eggnog. That's what I do at Christmas. It's awesome. All right, next one here. Stepping out. Stepping out requires taking risks. I want to look at a story here. This is Peter walking on the water. It's a famous story. I just want to set it up for us real quick uh, and and let you know what's been happening here to to get to this point. Uh, Jesus and all the disciples, they had just finished feeding the 5,000. And we know that that's actually 5,000 men. It was probably closer to around 20,000. So essentially, we have just finished uh, feeding Hendersonville and Black Mountain, right? We got them together and we fed them. We are on a high. We are pumped. We just did this amazing thing. And now we're, we're wrapping that up. And Jesus says, hey, disciples, go on ahead. I'll catch up. So they go on ahead, and this is where we catch up with them. Matthew 14, 24 through 33. This is in the message translation. I'm just going to read this story to us. It says, Meanwhile, the boat was far out to sea when the wind came up against them. They were battered by the waves. About four o'clock in the morning, Jesus came to them, uh, came toward them walking on the water. They were scared out of their wits. A ghost, they said, crying out in terror. But Jesus was quick to comfort them. Courage, it's me. Don't be afraid. Peter, suddenly bold, said, Master, if it's really you, call me to come to you on the water. He said, come ahead. So jumping out of the boat, Peter walked on the water to Jesus. But when he looked down at the waves churning beneath his feet, he lost his nerve and started to sink. He cried, Master, save me. Jesus didn't hesitate. 
He reached down, grabbed his hand, then he said, faint heart, what got into you? The two of them climbed back into the boat. The wind died down. The disciples in the boat, having watched the whole thing, worshiped Jesus, saying, this is it. You are God's son for sure. So Peter took a pretty big risk there, didn't he? He is the one who stepped out. A lot of things get focused there, but Peter is the one who did something. The 11 others were scared and thought they saw a ghost, and they didn't do anything. They sat and watched as Peter did something. But he, because he got to step out, he did something, and he got to experience something that no one else did. Remember, this is a huge storm. They're in the middle of the ocean here. Huge storm. The people around Peter are saying, what are you doing? This is crazy. What's going on? Why are you doing this? And I think Jesus is trying to tell us and teach us a few things in this story. I think he's trying to remind us, hey, guess what? We had a big day, but storms are coming. Storms are coming. It's okay. Storms are coming. I think Jesus is also trying to let us know to to listen to his voice over the crowd. What if Peter had listened to 11? 11, these are your best friends. You're with them day and night. What if he had listened to their voice instead of listening to Jesus's voice? See, we've got to step out of the boat to actually experience the miracle. I think a lot of times we're waiting for the miracle to jump in the boat with us where we're safe and we're warm and we're cozy. But Jesus is saying, the miracle happens when you do this, when you step out with me into something new. And I think Jesus is also reminding us here, hey, when you step out, it might get a little crazy. You might start to sink, but guess what? I'm right here. I'm right here. I'm not gonna let you sink. Amen, we good? Last one here, stepping out is not about me. Say, it's not about me. It's not about me. See, the day that you put your eyes on Jesus and take them off of yourself is actually your first move in stepping out into the life that God wants for you. The story we just read there, when Peter was focused on Jesus, he was walking on water. I think we trivialize that because we've read it so many times, but he was walking on water. That's incredible. But the moment, the moment he lost his focus and he got more fixated on the waves and the storm, what happened? He started to sink, didn't he? As long as we feel like all of it is on me, all of it is on you, that the whole thing is depending on us, you will be afraid. Because guess what? We're not strong enough. I'm not smart enough. You're not, you're not smart enough. We're not. When we realize that God is actually with us, that's when you leave a fearful lifestyle behind and you step into everything that God has called you to do. You start to see things, too, from a different perspective. Perspective is huge. I actually taught a message on this last year. Perspective is huge. See, a lot of times, this is how we approach our problems. They look like the Empire State Building. We're standing at the bottom of this giant thing, and it looks enormous, right? How in the world am I ever 
going to accomplish that? How in the world am I ever going to, going to move past that? That's what our problems look like to us. That's our perspective on where we are. But when you step out and you, you don't make it about you, you, you fix your eyes on Jesus instead of yourself, you start getting God's perspective on things, right? What does God's perspective look like? It looks like this. Nothing moved. Nothing changed. It's all still there. And Empire State Building looks pretty small, doesn't it? See, this is how we start to step out. We, we make a move to not focus on ourselves. We focus on Jesus. I want to close doing uh, a, a few verses here. I think one of the best ways to actually move into a brand new year, move into something new and fresh and different that God wants for you, is to actually arm yourself with God's Word, to put it in your mouth, to put it in your heart, to put it in your journal, whatever that means for you. These are going to encourage you as you step out in faith over the next weeks and months into what God's called you. So this is, this is what, what I've got here. I've got uh, several verses that we're just going to read back to back. There's some, some uh, words on here that are highlighted, and what I would like us to do is uh, the words that are highlighted, let's all read that together. Good? Let's, let's start with the first one here, 2 Timothy 1.7. So you read the highlighted part when I get to that with me. For God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, but of power, love, and self-discipline. Psalm 27, 1, the Lord is my light and my salvation, so why should I be afraid? The Lord protects me from danger, so why should I tremble? Deuteronomy 31, 6, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid of them. The Lord your God will go ahead of you. He will neither fail you nor forsake you. 1 John 4, 18, there is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. Because fear involves punishment. The one who fears is not perfected in love. And last verse here, John 14, 27. I am leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and heart. And the peace I give is a gift the world cannot give. So don't be troubled or afraid. Amen? Amen. The phrase, fear not, is one of the most common phrases in the Bible. In fact, Jesus uses it 21 times. Over twice as many times, he actually tells us to love. So when Jesus says, fear not, he's not far removed. He's not far away. He's actually very close. He understands fear. He understands what it takes to actually step out he literally sweat blood when he was at that moment right before he was crucified. He understands about a ruined reputation. He knows what it is like to suffer, to die, to, to be rejected, to be betrayed. And he took all of that, all of that on himself for us. He is the perfect demonstration of God's love for us. Let's not take that for granted that God loved you. 
that God loved me, that God loved us enough to send his son to be sacrificed, who took fear and death on himself in that moment so that we could actually step out. That's why he did it. So that we could step out into everything that he's called us to be. Amen? Let's pray together this morning. The good news about today is that stepping out is not a solo thing. It's not just about you making a move. God is right here to help. Today, I know you might be thinking, you're, you're thinking about it during the message probably of, of what that is that you want to step into. That thing in your life that you know you need to do, that big thing that God has been calling you to, that relationship, that work situation, whatever it is. The first step in moving toward that into everything that God has called you to do is a relationship with Jesus. And this morning, I'm gonna give you an opportunity to have that relationship with Jesus. Maybe you're in a spot today where you've never said yes to Jesus, but you, you wanna make that move, you wanna step out. Or you're, 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 not, you're not in a spot where you're close to God, close to Jesus anymore, but you want that. You want to say yes to that relationship, to step into everything in 2018 that God has called you to. Or maybe you're in a spot where you're just not sure, but you want to be sure, you want to make a move. Today, I feel like is your day to step out into a new relationship with Jesus. So all across the room, eyes are closed, heads are bowed. But if today you would like to make that move, you'd like to step out and say yes to Jesus, just raise your hand so that I could see that this morning. Awesome, thank you. Beautiful. Anybody else? I just wanna pray with you this morning. Anybody else want to say yes to Jesus? Awesome, thank you. I'm not going to do anything to embarrass you. just want to include you in a prayer to set you up for the best 2018, the best year you've ever had. Anybody else want to say yes to Jesus this morning? Awesome, thank you. Well, beautiful. Let's all pray this prayer together. This is, this is for those who raise their hand especially, um, but let's all say this together. Say, Heavenly Father, forgive me. Be the Lord of my life first in every way. Holy Spirit, fill me so I can know God and serve Him and live for Him. My life is not my own. Today I give it to you. Thank you, Jesus for my brand new life. Amen, amen. Can we give God glory this morning? Beautiful, amen.